0: Welcome to Doerpods, a podcast brought to you by Doer Cymru Welsh Water, your not-for-profit water company. Each episode, will bring you exclusive content updating on work we're doing behind the scenes, delivering our services throughout Wales and parts of Hereford, and safeguarding the environment. We'll also be speaking to those who inspire us, our colleagues who go above and beyond, and community groups who are making a difference. I'm Sarah Ingham, I work in the communications team at Welsh Water, and I'll be your host for this episode. As COP26 is underway in Glasgow, bringing together world leaders to seek new climate change commitments, I'm chatting to Vivian Evans, our Wetlands and Nature-Based Solutions Project Manager, and Ellie Lewis, Natural Capital Project Manager from the y Foundation, about how we're using nature-based solutions to tackle the climate emergency and some of the challenges that we're facing. So Vivian and Ellie, thanks so much for joining me on this episode. To start us off, it would be great if you could introduce yourselves and your roles to our listeners. How did you end up doing what you do and what do you love about it?
1: Hi, hi everyone. Uh, Great to meet you. Uh, I'm Vivian and yeah, as Sarah said, I'm a project manager for nature-based solutions. So that's looking at how we can research evidence and start to use wetlands and other nature-based solutions so that Welsh Water can start to really understand what these uh, brilliant, brilliant options um, can hold for our future regulatory requirements. And yeah, it's a, it's an absolutely brilliant role. It's on the cusp of research and science and regulation. And um, yeah, I've come at it from a regulatory perspective. So I'm not an engineer um, or, or, or an ecologist or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it's a brilliant role. And yeah, looking forward to talking to you today.
2: Hi, so I'm Ellie Lewis. I'm a Natural Capital Project Manager for the Wine Desk Foundation. So the um, Natural Capital Department at WUF looks at how sort of um, um, nature's resources can be used to sort of provide ecosystem services um, for for the river uh, rivers and for us as well. So we look at, we, we're sort of working um towards using wetlands um as a nature-based solution at the moment and we also look at things like tree planting and biodiversity and look at the range of ecosystem services that these things can provide um so i got into this um i studied sort of biology at university and and sort of and went into um um conservation um and then started off with the wireless foundation as a monitoring officer and i'm just really passionate about um about um the rivers and how we can sort of um Preserve and restore freshwater environments. So um, that's how I started. And um, yeah, that's where I
0: am now. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you both. Um, so, to begin with, um, Vivian, it would be great to hear in your words what are nature based solutions and what does that mean at Welsh Water?
1: Yeah, brilliant question. So, nature based solutions are basically using nature or natural processes. Uh, in place of conventional or hard engineered solutions. So in the context of water management, uh, nature-based solutions are generally an umbrella term for a range of activities which uh, can help treat water, which can help um, uh, retain uh, or attenuate water, so like natural flood mitigation um, methods um, and or even things like raw water protection. So working with farmers and land management uh, to uh, improve upstream quality of water before it gets to the abstraction point. So a whole, a whole host of, of, of approaches. And generally, we're trying to use these brilliant greenest lower carbon solutions instead of these hard engineered solutions. Um, Uh, Partly because uh, they are often much more um, cost beneficial. They're much more resilient to climate change. They have a lower carbon footprint generally. And also they have so many additional uh, incredible benefits like you are naturally you're creating a natural habitat as well as treating water. You're creating a brilliant um, amenity value to a local park as well as treating water. So there's lots of additional benefits and Welsh Water has uh, led on some amazing trailblazing uh, nature-based solutions before. I'd really encourage you to look up RainScape and some of those kinds of projects that are are publicised on our websites. Um, But um, yeah, in general, the water industry as a whole because of how we're regulated, we often tend to go to more conservative or very hard engineered solutions. And that's just because we need to have confidence that from day one of installation, it delivers and that it continues to deliver consistently. So this is perhaps why the water industry is probably known for being quite concrete heavy previously, but we're getting to the stage with our regulators. And we now understand that our customers want Greener solutions. So we are starting to progress really specific regulatory frameworks and um really well-controlled trials and pilot programs to um yeah, to better better understand what these amazing nature-based solutions can can offer us now and how they can continue to support our future needs.
0: Brilliant, thank you for that explanation. Um sounds sounds absolutely amazing. Um What kind of challenges do nature-based solutions help us to
1: overcome and what are your hopes for the future with them as well? Brilliant question. So um, I think there's probably three or four top challenges that, that we're working on. So number one, there's limited standardised approaches to assessing delivering and verifying the effectiveness of nature based solutions so that's looking at things like how do we monitor how do we sample them um, how do we collate the data and how do we um how are they consistently uh, um uh, recognized as the value that they that they can contribute a second one would be uh, the need for a balanced permitting regime across the water sector so by that i mean Nature-based solutions have brilliant value they can offer us, but there does come with some inevitable risks. It's a natural process that we're treating. So unlike a pump or a concrete solution, it's never going to have that consistency. So we need a regulatory process that really recognises sometimes it will overperform and it will deliver Um, um, additional benefits during that process and other times perhaps during different seasons there may be a slight bit of underperformance and we need to have a a, a regulatory process that really understands that and then I guess another challenge is the speed of progress these there are beautiful rivers across England and Wales they they need responses soon and, and some of them are Um, under dire pressure and we really need to, it's a great challenge for us to be getting the approaches, getting the regulatory framework and the evidence to roll these out at the rate that our rivers need. And I guess in terms of hopes for the future, let's let's get positive now. I suppose, um, I hope that we will have a clear regulatory um, uh, approach for nature-based solutions. I hope we'll have good partnerships in place with brilliant third sector partners like Ryanusk Foundation and other rivers trusts um, to deliver these solutions. I hope we can have citizen science programmes that can help us understand the catchment and deliver nature-based solutions where they're needed. And um yeah I hope we'll have a be able to have a multi-capital accounting model. That might be something we come on to later that can really help us recognize the true value nature provides via things like nature-based solutions. So big wish list there, Sarah. <laughs> Great. Um, why
0: this is probably a question for both of you but why do you think that partnership working is so important in addressing these challenges um and ellie perhaps you could talk a little bit about how welsh water works with the why and foundation
2: yeah so um i think it takes um it takes a whole sort of um i think partnership working is, is so important because nature-based solutions and and the problems we're facing aren't just affecting sort of um, one of us. I think, like, for instance, sort of um, the current situation on, on uh, the River Wye with regards to phosphate, um, it's not just affecting the rivers themselves, it's affecting everyone sort of who lives within the catchments. Um, so I think it's really important that we work in partnership with Lush Water and also with, with Herefordshire Council we've been working with in particular on, on the River Wye, but all local authorities really um, to solve this problem because it is because it does affect so many people. Um, so I think individually we all make a difference, but I think together we'll, we make a big one. <laughs> um, and I think as well, like just... As far as sort of regulation is concerned, and and sort of doing things by the book, I think it's really important that we're all communicating and that we're all working together, um, just so that we can we can do things as efficiently as as possible, and actually um, sort of bring nature based solutions to fruition, um, and and make sure we're all we're all sort of um, on the same page. Um, yeah, I think it's really important.
0: Great, Vivian. Have you got anything to add about the value of partnership working?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, no, Ellie said some of the key bits there about the cross sector um, approach. And this this is quite probably still in its infancy, if I'm honest, we're only just starting to understand how um, each sector um, contributes and how, e- but how collaboratively we can make a difference. So this is still quite uh, a new approach for us, not just in the water industry, but uh, across uh, environmental management as a whole, I think. But The Rivers Trust, along with many amazing uh, environmental um, uh, NGOs that we work with, uh, non-governmental organisations that we work with, are are so important to Welsh Water, and we're definitely um, hoping to formalise these uh, these relationships more so, so they can be really well recognised and well funded partnerships. And I think um, the Rivers Trust, I mean, they're the guardians of our you know our inland waterways, and they really are the experts. And I think um, whilst Welsh Water and the Rivers Trust have so many shared goals. Um, by working together, we can bring different expertise, we can um, speed up the delivery of approaches, we can deliver the best results, and ultimately, it adds that level of confidence, I guess, to, to, to our customers that um, all the best people are, are on the job. And how that translates into actual practice, we're working with the y Foundation on wetlands, and other nature-based solutions, feasibility, site assessment, design, delivery. We're uh, really excited to be working with the West Wales Rivers Trust on our first uh, uh, Rivers Trust secondment, which is a, a really exciting moment for us to really start to formalise um, uh, how these sort of partnerships can, can happen going forward. So yeah, it's a uh, great approach and one I look forward to Yeah, advancing on.
0: Brilliant. Could you uh share some of the projects that you're currently working on maybe some of your your highlights or projects that you're most excited about at the moment? Yeah, so we've been uh well, we've been we've been focusing
2: on wetlands for a couple of years now. So we've um uh, we just initially started by sort of doing a scoping assessment and looked at feasibility of different wetland sites and then we designed two of our own sort of uh, two of our own wetlands. Um, we've sort of done a uh, um We've designed two wetlands in, in the River Lug Catchment, which is the major tributary of the River Wye. Um, so it's been a, a learning curve, but it's been really sort of, um, um, it's been really exciting work. And we've also been working sort of closely with Herefordshire Council on, on some other wetland sites within the Lug Catchment. So um, they've been amazing and they're really sort of um, taking tackling the problem sort of head on when it comes to phosphate. Um, so it's been really exciting. And obviously, like we've been working with you guys the whole way because and these wild water sites and everything and um, yeah so it's been it's been a really sort of positive process so far we're just really looking forward to getting these wetlands in the ground and sort of seeing the benefits um, and the betterment to the rivers um, in terms of reducing phosphate levels so um, yeah that's we're working on a number of different projects um, at the moment.
1: Yeah, I guess the most exciting bit of this for me is knowing that we're, we're getting there. We're going to be making a difference very shortly. And I think um, with some programmes of work, it's really hard to see the tangible output. But I think with this, we're really clear on the sort of environmental destination where we want to get to. We're really clear on uh, how collaboratively we can uh, work together to to get there. And I think a particularly exciting bit for this is really recognising actually how of course, nature-based solutions aren't new. By the, uh, they're very title. They are they're, they're natural processes. We ha- we haven't necessarily um, created them. We're landscaping a little bit. We're designing them to ensure they're specific. But they're th- these are ancient solutions. These these are nothing new. But what is new? Is how we are really pushing our understanding of how things can be permitted, of how things can be funded, and of how things can be um, evidenced and, uh, and proven going forward. So I think that is—it's uh, really easy to underestimate how new that approach is for for the for the water company and for generally cross-sector collaboration. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's a real buzz to be working on these projects.
0: Um. What are your personal hopes for COP twenty um, six? Do you think that climate change is reversible?
1: <laughs> big question, there, Sarah. Big question. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'll go. I'll go first. To attempt to answer that. Um, so I guess major climate change is inevitable now, right? So human activity is is changing the Earth's climate and balances in unprecedented ways but i think what we need to start talking about more is adaptation and yes i think adaptation we can get uh better at and in that sense we hopefully the impact um on humans uh both you know in all in all parts of the globe but particularly uh indigenous nations who are having the smallest impact yet being uh that feeling yet feeling the greatest um uh um this benefits uh resulting from climate change but also from um uh, biodiversity right from mammals that we know and love down to the uh the fauna and fungi that are living in our soils if we can continue to adapt um then I think we can lessen its impact and there are many amazing innovations um that are that are coming out from you know various farming and harvesting methods to um to sequestration and and um and uh, different approaches like that um, and, and also much more traditional ways that that uh, certain community communities have always used. and I think if we start to understand them better and start to mainstream them and regulate them, then I think we can get better at climate adaptation
2: yeah I, I completely agree i just think like um we are too far down the road now to reverse it completely um but as Viv have said i think it, we can adapt and i always think that um just as climate change and other sort of um pro- the other problems we face have a multitude of, of different um harmful sort of impacts i think a lot of the um possible or a lot of the solutions or, or um the actions we can take to mitigate climate change um have a multitude of benefits so a lot of the things we work on like tree planting um the wetlands things like that they not only have have an impact on our water quality which is obviously our primary concern but they also have a massive and positive impact on things like biodiversity and carbon sequestration and things that are going to be really positive for the environment so i think my hope is that that continues to be recognised more and more that nature-based solutions um aren't specific to one problem and that they can actually be beneficial in a whole variety of ways and, and it would be really nice for, for nature-based solutions to be the um the default um sort of solution um that sort of um we we sort of um that we consider nature-based solutions first before looking at sort of um any sort of more artificial um, um, solutions to the problems we face, but yeah, I think as, as Viv said, we can we can adapt to to the changes we're face, facing uh, and do that in, in a really positive and and beneficial way to
0: the environment. And so that's what I hope we continue to do going forward. <laughs> Great answers, thank you. Um, finally, what um, what is your favourite environmental hack that anybody could adopt in their own lives?
1: <laughs> Do you want to go first, Ellie?
0: <laughs> yeah, I
2: should be So I'm like. I I'm really passionate about um sort of gardening and growing things, like whether no matter whether you have sort of only a tiny bit of outdoor space or whether you have a huge garden, I've only got a small garden myself, but I just think the least we can all do is is grow things, whether that's just a lawn <laughs> or or whether you've got a massive sort of flower bed. So yeah, that's what I would say is is my my environmental hack and I think um that's a really important message we should we should be spreading is that we can all make a difference. Um, no matter so sort of
1: how big or small. I love that. Okay. Yeah, great, great option. So I'm gonna do a really boring one in comparison to Ellie. So <laughs> let's talk about banking and pensions. It's a very <laughs> sexy topic, I know. So I'm gonna advise you all to look at where your pension is and where you bank without even moving from the sofa. You can have the most phenomenal environmental uh, uh, power in your hands and and really reduce not just your carbon uh, uh, impact and your carbon footprint, but your carbon shadow, as it started to be called about. Look at what's trailing behind you, not just what you're doing in the moment. So um, whether you can look at uh, changing to a more um, ethical and sustainable pension provider, most big um, pension um providers have one, or looking at changing uh, to a bank or building society that has slightly more environmental credentials. And literally, without you even noticing, it won't impact what you're saving, it won't impact your the risk or the money that you're earning or how it's sat in your bank. You can be contributing to amazing environmental innovations to start up, to trailblazing green energy just by changing where you bank and what that bank then does with your money. So very boring, but I promise you, it'll be a big (laughs) one.
0: That's great. Thank you so much, both. Um, I thought that was a really, really good, informative conversation. And I'm sure our listeners will learn a lot from it.
1: All right. Yeah. Thanks. I think I think that's uh, that's probably everything. But thanks very much, Sarah, for the opportunity. And yeah, look forward to bumping into some of you in future. Walking around some of these lovely wetlands that we're in the process of creating, and keep an eye on both uh, Duncumry and Ask Foundation's websites for more more information and case studies on some nature based solutions.